There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free cnn underscore's guide to sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever all right let's face it most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point and there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights that's why the cnn underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep billy eilish and phineas o'connell they're with us today on crew call I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. First look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, what's up? And welcome into another edition of the Opening Lines of Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Humans with you here today as we look ahead to Week 14 in the National Football League. We are trucking along in the NFL this season. A quick update. Um, for those of you who are still sweating this out, still a chance, of course, now five twelve left to go in the fourth quarter, 22-9. The Broncos get turned away on a two-point conversion, so we'll see if they can get a stop and get another score to get within a number. That closed actually about like eight in some spots. Yeah, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of I'd say, sharp money, uh, sharp support for the underdog Broncos in this spot. The number peaked at about, I think, 10.5 was the highest that number got this week, right? Yeah, that's and, the highest uh, number I saw. Lowest at 8. Looks like the best bet's going to be under the total. That total dropped from 49 to 46.5. And, and right now, I got 31 points on the board with 5.12 to go. Really, uh, the Broncos were competitive. But I, I thought they had a decent chance to cover in this game, but Teddy Bridgewater's deflection and pick 6 uh, really cost uh, the Broncos big time. And uh, they've made too many mistakes, really. Uh, they're going to be very lucky if they can get inside this number in the final five minutes. Yep, uh, poor play calling, I thought, on a fourth down situation early in the first half, right, that cost them yeah. an opportunity. Oh, right decision to go for, but poor execution of the uh, plays leading up to that. And ultimately, you are where you're at right now, where you're scuffling to get within a big number against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
All right, with that, let's get to next week. Uh, an interesting schedule next week, and we'll start with Thursday night. A fascinating matchup between two somewhat disappointing teams, one coming off a win, though, the other coming off of a loss to the, at that what point, the lone winless team in the National Football League. The Minnesota Vikings will play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers next Thursday night, Matt Humans. Look ahead was 3.5 with a total of 45.5. Reopens at some spots, Minnesota minus 4, but we're down to Minnesota minus 3 across the board with a total of 45. <laughs> And I have to laugh at the Vikings. It's such a clumsy operation. I think this is the end for Mike Zimmer. Got to be. Uh, what we saw today, they're just – It's uh, at times he made Dan Campbell look like a head coach who had his act together. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mike Zimmer, one of his worst days, I thought, as coach of the Vikings. The team was not well prepared and a little bit clumsy in the fourth quarter to let the Lions come back to win the game. You know, I, I won my best bet today with the Steelers, mm-hmm. plus four and a half against the Ravens. Steelers are still not a team you really want to bet on. And I thought they were in a great spot today. The number was inflated. I can't support them Thursday night in this spot. It's just not really a good football team. Yeah. And I, I think if you are taking the Steelers in the three and a half, that's still out there in a couple spots right now. If you're taking the three and a half in the Steelers, you're fading the Vikings. That's uh, more what you're doing than betting on the Steelers, right? Yes, I would completely agree. Steelers, of course, like you said, pretty good spot, not only in just an overvalued favorite on the road in the Baltimore Ravens, but you're at home in that situation. It's a shoddy defense who, of course, was getting more banked up as the game went along. Yes. This time around, now you're barely catching that field goal on the road against the Minnesota Vikings team that, as we've talked about, the reason why they're so disappointing and the reason why Zimmer deserves to be fired is that they're talented, and they were really banged up coming into this game against Detroit, so maybe some better health and availability for Minnesota makes them a little bit of a better team. All right, we move on to Sunday then for next week. So Kansas City Chiefs in action right now, so we'll save this for a little bit later. They're playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders, who lost today to the Washington football team. Look ahead here was 10 with a total of 52.5. Reopens before Sunday night. Kansas City minus 8.5 in favor on at home. Uh, this is actually pretty wide-ranging numbers on the screen as of now, but these are pretty much off the board, so we'll see if that's going to end up anywhere from 8 to 9 for Kansas City. That's it, right. I, I think 10, could it, you can even make a case that 10 is the right number here. The, the Raiders got a lot of problems right now. If, if Darren Waller is not able to come back and play in that game, yep. I still think the Raiders are a fade. Uh they had a shot today to beat Washington, dropped what would have been a uh, game-sealing pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders just making a lot of little mistakes right now and finding ways to lose games. Don't forget the Raiders did go to KC last year and win. Uh, they beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in a shootout at Arrowhead. I don't think the Raiders uh, and Chiefs are going to play a shootout this time around. Right now we're watching a 22-9 to game. It kind of it feels like these division games are going to be lower scoring here in December. The total in this game, 52-and-a-half. I think that total is a little too high, and, and that's going to come down. In fact, the Westgate's at 51, so if you want to pick off that 52-and-a-half under, I think that's probably a pretty good bet. All right, we move on from there. Next three games, uh, there's some wide-ranging numbers here, kind of some ick games, but there's one in here that seems relatively interesting. New Orleans Saints on the road against the New York Jets. Look ahead with 6-and-a-half with a total of 44. Reopens New Orleans 6-and-a-half with a total of about 44. Now it's 6 or 6-and-a-half with a total of 43 or 44. San Francisco will hit the road next week. They will take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, look ahead, was 2-and-a-half with a total of 47. Reopens Cincy minus 1-and-a-half in that game. On the screen right now, uh, you're looking at, uh, let's see, I actually don't see this on my screen right now for some reason, so I don't know where this one went. But uh, regardless, Cincinnati, an interesting matchup there against the San Francisco 49ers. And then Jacksonville, Tennessee. Tennessee opens actually as an 11-point favorite over at the Westgate Superbook yeah. over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it's 10.5 across the board, and I would kind of agree with that. I, Jacksonville's power rated very low, but Tennessee is still the Titans, which have been struggling and are pretty thin because of injuries themselves. 
Yeah, just quick comments on those three. The Saints have all sorts of uh, quarterback issues right now. Taysom Hill has got the finger issue. He threw how many picks? I lost track. <laughs> Did he throw three picks in the uh, Thursday night game? But you still have to make the Jets, you know, a solid uh, six-point home dogs in that spot. Uh, I think the Bengals are uh, going to go off as a slight favorite. It looks like right now at the uh, Westgate, minus one and a half. At circuits, 49ers minus one. Uh, Bengals obviously didn't play well today, but I still think um, the Westgate's number of minus one and a half is probably what's going to stick. And uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee, who really wants to bet the Jaguars right yep. now? I would agree. Oh, by the way, my rotation was out of order. Oh, that's so Cincinnati. To me, that's the ugliest game of the week. Yes. Jaguars, Titans. Seattle and Houston have some ugliness to it as well. But uh, Cincinnati, should mention right now, one and a half at three shops. I also got a uh, shop that is in favor of the San Francisco 49ers right now, at minus one with a total okay. of 47. All right, next few up, Baltimore Ravens on the road against the Cleveland Browns. This is pretty interesting because this is where you get kind of the change, right? Uh, the look ahead here was Baltimore minus one in favor of Cleveland. Reopens Baltimore minus one and a half over at some, spot, uh, some spots, including the Westgate humans. Uh, right now, you're talking about a pick or Cleveland minus one and a half, depending on where you look. But I think, look, given the fact that we know that Marlon Humphrey is done for the rest of the season, where we have seen this Ravens team from an overvalued standpoint, home field being worth really not that much, and these two teams not much of a separation, I think Cleveland deserves to be a slight favor here. Uh, I think so, too. And uh, it's, you know, we looked at it today. We said the Ravens were inflated as four-and-a-half-point favorites at Pittsburgh. And I think the right number there was probably three, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you look at this game in Baltimore, at Cleveland, I think you'd make the Browns. You'd start to pick them and say, well, the Browns got to be a slight favorite, but it's less than three, probably one, one one-and-a-half, two, something like that. You and I talked about before the show, the Ravens are down several cornerbacks. Yep. Uh, They've got – uh, definite issues on defense are going to be a problem down the stretch. Uh, Atlanta, Carolina, the Panthers just fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Not really sure what's going on in Carolina right now. Christian McCaffrey can't stay on the field. Cam Newton gets benched. P.J. Walker is the starting quarterback. The Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, just looks clueless as a play caller and a coach right now. It's tough to back the Falcons. Uh, but the uh, Panthers, solid three-point home favorites there. That, that number might even drop to two and a half, but... Um, I th- right now it's three across the board. So see, there's a couple of threes minus 115s out there too. So I'm I'm really interested to see what the market does with this. Uh, you know how I feel about Carolina, and I was surprised by the Joe Brady news just because that's some of the worst offensive line play you've seen in the National Football it's not League. Joe Brady's fault the offensive line stinks. <laughs> right. you know, it makes you start to wonder about Matt Rule's rebuilding program. What's gone wrong? That was his hand-picked offensive coordinator. Now in the middle of the second season, when Christian McCaffrey can't stay on the field and the offensive line stinks, you blame the OC. Well, it's a team that's, I think it's a team that thinks it's better than it really is, right? All these moves are making these win-now moves. In reality, they're not right. really a win-now team. Right. Going to get Cam Newton, right? Getting Sam Darnold, like all of these things that they have tried to do. And think about that for a second. Von Gilmore. You're trying to win now, and you sign Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. Okay. <laughs> yep. Our team is better. <laughs> we need the, the guy. The, the rebuilding plan is flawed. Yep. All right, let's go to the next few games. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Washington football team. Very big game here as the Washington football team is red hot at this point right now, but a very big injury loss for them. Logan Thomas believed to have a torn ACL today or suffered a torn ACL. So it looks like he's going to be done for the year. And Washington right now, look ahead was five with a total of 49. Reopened Dallas minus four and a half on the screen. Still five with a total of 49. And I got to tell you, this I mean, the football teams, they just keep finding ways. It's a cliche, but it's true. Like, you find ways to uh, win these games. So, yeah. 
Taylor Heineke, I thought, was uh, the tougher quarterback today. Yes. He made plays to win the game. Derek Carr did not. And His a lot of times in the NFL, insane. that's the difference in yep. the fourth quarter. Yeah, he got out of the pocket. He scrambled, used his legs, made plays. Derek Carr missed a throw he should have made for the two-point conversion. Uh, so I, I think the Washington football team's got a lot of momentum here, kind of similar to last year yep. at this time. Uh, I don't want to lay this number on the road with the Cowboys. Now, they took care of the Saints Thursday night, but I think that was more because the Saints were just inept. And uh, the Cowboys uh, were not that impressive in that Thursday night win. So I agree with what you said. Logan Thomas is going to be a big loss for that offense, Yep, the Washington offense. But I still think five might be a little too much for the Cowboys to be favored on the road. Next few games, we've got some spreads that are over a touchdown, right? Seattle, look ahead with 6.5 with a total of 44.5. Reopened 7.5 on the road against the Houston Texans. Now we're up to 8 in some spots with a total of 43.5. Denver, currently in action right now. I would think there's going to be some sort of an adjustment here. The Lions now 8-4 and four ATS on the season after the outright win today is a 7-point underdog. Lions catching 8.5 on the look ahead. Down to 7.5 reopened, and you would think that it's probably going to come off of that 7.5 by the time this game ends. Chargers. We don't even know who's going to play quarterback for the Giants next week. Mike Glennon got concussed during the loss to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Of course, we know that uh, Daniel Jones is dealing with a neck injury. So you get the Chargers reopening as a 10.5 point favorite after the look ahead of 7.5. The totals floating anywhere from about 45.5 to, to 46, depending on where you shop. And the other big number, because we'll get to the big game. Green Bay Packers 11 on the look ahead with a total of 45 and a half. Reopen 13, and we're down to 12 and a half with a total of 44 and a half against the Chicago Bears. That's Sunday night football, folks. Can't wait. Bears, Packers at Lambeau yeah, Field. Uh, the Giants are a complete mess. You and I have talked about that. And uh, I think you got two more games you want to hit before we go out. Yes, that's right. And we're going to focus the analysis on this when we come back, too. But the Bills on the road against the Bucks. Bucks three and a half on the open against the Buffalo Bills with a total of 53. And then Monday night, another good one potentially, Rams and Cardinals reopens Cardinals laying that field goal on the road. It's going to be at home against the Los Angeles Rams. But we'll talk about those two games, get some analysis in there as well, as those figure to be the two highest wagered games on the board next week in the NFL. we got plenty to get to. Chris Andrews joins us in 15 minutes to go over everything college football as well. The opening line. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. 
And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Zavon Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high value props. Guide drops December 13th. Make sure you get your copy today for only $19.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. It's all she wrote, Matt Humans. It's a final in Kansas City. Teddy Bridgewater tries to scramble for a first down in Chiefs territory, fourth and eight. And you knew he had no chance to get to the first down. He was stopped a couple yards short. Chiefs take over a minute to go. 22 to 9 is going to be your final score. Jerry Judy, yes, with the drop on third and eight. That was pretty brutal. That was tough. So, good for Kansas City. And I would say this as we move forward with Kansas City, right? We talked about this on the edge during the week, and this has been a topic of conversation around the Chiefs. Melvin Ingram seems to be making some sort of a difference there for Kansas City. They're getting a little bit better defensively as no the question. weeks go on. I think the Chiefs have looked a lot better defensively. Yep. And, uh, you know, they have not looked as sharp offensively as we're accustomed to, but they're still, I think, a little bit better because they're not turning the ball over uh, so much. You know, one thing uh, I wanted to talk about in this game quickly, I saw it in a college game last night, and I was talking to professional sports better Randy McKay Yeah, out of North Dakota. We were out at Stadium Swim got yesterday. Say, got to see Randy the other day? Yeah. You got to see Stadium Swim yesterday. How was that? Oh, it was great. It was. Fantastic. It was actually cool. We had a big uh, crew from VSEN there, Mike Pritchard. Uh, I felt like I had friends. It was fantastic. Me and Pritch just chopping it up. A bunch of guys showed up yesterday. <laughs> it was good. Bill Eighty walked by twice in a different sport coat both times. <laughs> Each time. Anyway. Uh, Shaking hands, kissing babies. <laughs> uh, you know, I've said for years, I would not, if I were a special teams coach or a head coach, I would not put a punt returner back. Mm-hmm. Because too many bad things happen on the special teams play, especially punt returns. And last night we watched uh, yep. one of the conference championship games where a punt was fumbled yep. and lost. And uh, what happened tonight? Broncos fumble a punt. That pretty much flipped the game, at least uh, in terms of the spread, I think after the Broncos fumbled that punt and the Chiefs scored, you know that the uh, the Broncos are going to be a long shot to get in the back door and cover this number. But so many negative things happen on those special teams plays, I wouldn't even put a punt returner back. And I know a lot of people say, well, you're going to lose a lot of field position. Maybe you can put a guy back and just say, hey, if the, if the ball's bouncing, 
just fall on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want punt returns because you get blocks in the back, you get penalties, you get turnovers. Too many negative things happen. And how, how often do you see a punt return for a touchdown? Once or twice a year for a team? Right. It just doesn't happen. Uh, but again, tonight it comes back to haunt the Broncos. You, you got fumbles a punt. And uh, the Broncos are pretty much taken out of the game. Uh, Colts last week, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I'm not really happy about that. Uh, it also doesn't help going 20 plays, 88 yards, and getting nothing out of it. Uh, some funky play calling in the first half from the Denver Broncos. And now they sit back, fail the cover, and they move on to next week. So we'll see, because that's a pretty fascinating uh, number uh, to make for them against the Detroit Lions. This is going to be in Denver, so we'll see what the market does. But it was 7.5 before this game tonight. So two big games this coming week in the National Football League to discuss. Buffalo Bills on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first up. Reopens three and a half here today. Eubens total of about 53, depending on where you like to shop for your numbers. And that's where you're at right now, 53 and a half, 53. And the three and a halfs are out there. One is with shaded juice, but three and a halfs across the board. We have yet to see the Bills play. We'll see them on Monday night. And so, of course, the market will adjust given the result there. But I have to tell you, if Monday plays out like I am hoping and expecting it to, which is Patriots control the ball, right, are able to run on a smallish front seven, you know, do all the things that have bothered the Buffalo Bills, I think it's a relatively poor matchup for them. But I can't help but thinking initially against a Buccaneer secondary that has shown some softness, right, against mm-hmm. some pretty good passing attacks, that this actually this matchup works out better for the Buffalo Bills, right? I don't think you're going to get that you know smash mouth football and run on them and. The strength is the run defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this actually is something that might work in favor of Buffalo. Yeah, it could. It, I'll tell you what works against them is having a huge game on Monday night against yes. the Patriots and yep. then having to go play the Bucs right. on the road. That's not a very good scheduling spot for the Bills. But in terms of the matchup, I think you're right because you can't throw in this Tampa Bay defense. That's what Buffalo can do best offensively. Even though I, I do think uh, Paul Bovey made a good point on the Friday show that with Matt Breida in the backfield, the Bills probably have a better shot to run the ball effectively, uh, even though they're not going to be a running offense. That's so not going to be their calling card. I think that matchup against the Buccaneers uh, is not a bad one. Do you take the three and a half, or do you wait and see what happens Monday night? Just watch the Patriots-Bills game Monday night and then make a decision on that game. I, I think you're going to have opportunities this week to catch three and a half no matter yep. what happens. Monday night, so I would not rush to uh, to grab that if you like the Buffalo side. No, I agree with that. And look, because this is a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that has been playing really good football uh, at home this season, right? We're talking about 5-0 and uh, straight up, 4-1 and against mm-hmm. the spread at home, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's been the road games in which yep. they've struggled. So I would think that the market doesn't really allow this to move off of three and a half. Like you said, you'll have your opportunities. Sit back and watch, see what happens. But just go back to that Colts hey, if game. If the Bills right? get beat Monday night, you might see fours pop up on this right. Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. But just go back to what the Colts did. Colts couldn't run the ball in that first half in any way whatsoever. So what happened in the second quarter? They opened it up and allowed mm-hmm. Carson Wentz to do what he wanted to do. And sure enough, they sliced him up and they were up 24 to 14 at half. And then the third quarter happened. But still, I think this is something where maybe you see Josh Allen actually somewhat thrive against this kind of a matchup. The other is going to be the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. These are two biggest matchups, and I would assume two biggest handled games of the weekend coming up next week. Cardinals look ahead was two and a half, reopens now with that full field goal. It, I don't think that's surprising. This Cardinals team, plug in whoever you want at quarterback, it seems. They're a very good team. You can look right now. You can grab three over at the Westgate if you want. There's others two and a half, Alter Juice. There's three with Alter Juice out there as well. This is going to be a game that's just going to, to use Vinny's term, toggle back and forth on this key number with Alter Juice, I think, all week long. Like, if you want to bet this game, South Point's going to be the place to go because they don't alter the juice. So you can get either two and a half or get the three, whatever it's going to be. But this is what we're going to be looking at all week long, I think. And don't forget, this is a series that Sean McVay had dominated yes. 
before this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that carries over or not. Uh, I, you know, to me, this number is like exactly where it should be. I think uh, you're probably going to have a little bit more sharp money on Rams plus three. And uh, I think the public probably like to play the Cardinals uh, minus two and a half, which is what you have at Circa right now. So to me, that game's more about the number mm-hmm. uh, than anything. That uh, If you like the dog, you have plenty of spots. You can get plus three, and I think that's where the sharp money is. And I believe the public would probably like to back the cards. Do you, do you feel like the public, uh, betting public has been burned by the Rams uh, so many times that they're going to be hesitant to uh, jump on that side? I mean, I would think so, especially in some of these bigger spots. But this week, you know, they got to play the role of bully against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, the Jaguars. <laughs> right. Well, that's, like but, a, that's like beating a AAA baseball team. <laughs> it is. But I think public betters just see, hey, I put them on my money line parlay and they took care of business, or I bet on them yeah. right and they took care of business. And so I think that's uh, that might alter and skew it a little bit here. But the Cardinals, look, the Cardinals have been a good team both straight up and against the spread, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a team that you see all the time where, you know, inflated number, excuse me, really good straight up record, but the numbers get inflated so they don't really cover numbers, i.e. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cardinals are winning and covering. And I think that's where you see, to your point, public come in and lay two and a half. And I think if you're out there, I mean, right now you can get a three with no altered juice. I think you'll be able to get three if you want with the Los Angeles Rams by the time we get there. From a matchup standpoint, I'm fascinated because we saw, and you, you, you know, we put up the graphic the last two matchups, when they played really early in the year, the Cardinals took care of business in a really big way. That, that final score, 37 oh, wow. to 20, doesn't even indicate no, that was how a, lopsided that, that game was. That was a complete was. blowout. Yeah. yeah. And that, those edge rushers, this is where it comes in. Because if you go back to that game, one of the big things that you and I talked about afterwards, and I was on the Rams in that game, it was frustrating to watch. The way their edge rushers played in that matchup, they played it all wrong. They're taking sharp angles to Murray, allowing him to bounce out of the pocket, do what he wants to do. Did they change their game plan to a little bit more of a contain and beat us in the pocket as opposed to let you go everywhere, right, with your feet? Right. And how they change up the way they defend Kyler Murray is going to be pretty fascinating to watch, see what the adjustment is going to be for L.A. Uh, Sean McVay against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. He was 8-0 with a plus-160 point differential going into that uh, first matchup of the season. Yeah. We talked about that on opening uh, lines. Back in uh, a couple months ago before that first meeting, the Rams were 8-0 under McVay against the Cards. They won 38 28-18-7, 34-7, 31-24, 34-0, 31-9, 33-0, 32-16, 8-0, plus-160. And then the Cardinals completely... Turned the tables and blew out the Rams in the ninth meeting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, things have changed, man. And Cliff Kingsbury, although I know he's uh, considering maybe going back to college, right? It's, uh, that's all the, the hubbub out there. It's the reports. I don't um, think so. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen either. Uh, but he has done a great job with this team. And the fact that they have been able to win even with injuries uh, to Kyler Murray and where they are at at this point right now, now 10-2 and two, and well on their way to winning this division. But this is pretty big because now if the Rams can get this, you're talking about 10-3 and three for the Cardinals, 9-4 and four for Los Angeles with plenty mm-hmm. of time left to potentially win this division. So we'll see if that one alters. And we have a lot of games. There's quite a few games that are hovering around a field goal for this coming week, right? And there's also a lot of games that are above that in terms of eight, eight and a half, seven and a half. But I think outside of these big games, the one that I am most fascinated by is going to be Dallas and Washington and to see if Washington can keep this up. And I know we'll have more on this as the show goes on. Uh, but what the loss of Logan Thomas means. But if Washington can continue to do this, now catching points against the Cowboys team that has shown some cracks in the armor over the last couple of weeks. Oh, no, no question right? about that. And I thought that was a big win for Washington today because the football team was dealing with some injuries, had a short week after the Monday night win against the Seahawks. That was a tough spot today. And to come out and to beat the Raiders uh, was, um, uh, I think, an important, really important win for Washington because, you know, we thought the Cowboys were going to pull away in this division. It was going to be a laugher. 
all of a sudden, uh, the gap's starting to close a little bit. And don't forget, in December, all the games in the uh, NFC East yep. are between opponents. They're all division games in the month of December. Speaking of a laugher, well, that was the SEC championship game. And now number right. one, Alabama, is a 13-point favorite against Cincinnati. Let's talk college football. Chris Andrews on the other side. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN holiday offer is here, folks. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy in VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VSIN.com slash subscribe. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a $20 credit will not get you the sport coat that Bill 80 was wearing at the pool yesterday. No, no, that's a very expensive sport code. It's not going to get you Chris Andrews' next book either, Yeah, uh, even though it would come close. Chris, when is that book going to be? Is it going to be out in time for Christmas? Yeah, you know, they told me, well, first of all, it's supposed to be out in October. Then they told me November. Then they said December 1st. Oh, boy. What's today, the 5th? It's still not out. They told me anything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hope it's out pretty soon, I tell you. Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director with us, author of Then One Day, his first book, and his second book coming out any day, uh, waiting for it now. Let's talk about the college football playoff matchups. And first, Chris, I want to ask you if you felt like the uh, committee, the the dog and pony show that it is, got this right. Uh, Is this the four teams you wanted to see in the playoffs, and are they seated the way you wanted to see them seated with Alabama 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, Cincinnati 4? Well, you know, the short answer is yes. Considering their mantra, I think this is, you know, the the way they kind of had to do it. Now, I'm totally opposed to this thing. I mean, this should be, a, you know, a tournament, not an invitational. You should earn your way in, not somebody vote you in. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, you know, considering uh, you know, what we have in front of us, yeah, I think they seeded them properly, and I think these are the four teams that deserve to be in it. Okay. Alabama, of course, Michigan, Cincinnati, or Georgia, and Cincinnati. Georgia falling to three after their loss uh, to Alabama. All right, let's start with uh, these games that we have now up on the board. We'll start with that Cotton Bowl semifinal, Chris, Alabama and Cincinnati. So we saw some spots open just under that two-touchdown mark at 13 with a total of 59. Uh, what do your numbers come out to? What do you expect to be hanging tomorrow at the South Point? Well, we hung it right away. So we hung uh, it 13, and that's exactly what my numbers came to, um, you know, yeah, I mean, at first, I, you know, I did a little – I tried to get them up quick, you know, and uh, my my first draft, I would say, of my numbers had, had Bama a little lower. But the more I looked at it, I thought 13 was a good number. That's what we opened. We're at 13.5 right now. Um, we took about 20,000 on Bama, and I saw the market kind of going that way. I see 13, 13.5. And I saw 114 out there earlier. So I'm at 13.5. I, uh, I haven't written a bet yet on Cincinnati. I got quite a bit of money on Bama, so I just kind of went with the flow of like a seven and a half or thirteen and a half. You think Cincinnati can be competitive in this game, or do you have a feel for that yet? I don't have a strong feel for it, but I mean, everybody keeps referring to the game last year against Georgia, and uh, you know they they really should have beat Georgia in that game. I really like Luke Fickle. I think he's got a pretty good program. They've been a little up and down this year, but you know, so has Bama. I mean, Bama has not been that great uh, consistently. They've been great at times, 
Then they've been, you know, I mean, just think back, you know, a week ago against Auburn. I mean, they should have lost that game. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's one of those deals where if Alabama comes with their best, I mean, they, they should beat Cincinnati and cover. But we haven't always seen that out of Bama. Uh, like I said, since he's been a little inconsistent too, but if they come with their best, yeah, this could be a hell of a dogfight. Mike, all right, let's move on to the next matchup then, because this is, speaking of a dogfight, Michigan Wolverines taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, what number did you open up at, Chris? Uh, where do you expect this to go? Because I would assume that uh, of the two underdogs, Michigan would probably be uh, the most tantalizing to the betting public. Yeah, this is another one. You know, my numbers came to exactly seven on this game, and that's where I opened it. Uh, we did get bet up. Uh, I see it as high as nine. I think Circa's running nine. Yep. I see some eights around town, eight and a half. Uh, the sevens are pretty much gone, and they're gone in my store, too. They laid it to me pretty good. Uh, I do have a little bit of money on Michigan, not a whole lot, but I could have some on Michigan and even some on Michigan on the money line. So, yeah, you're right. I think uh, Michigan will definitely attract some money. You know, I've loved Georgia all year, and they certainly did not look good against Alabama. And I don't know if uh, – that's something that other teams can capitalize on or not. But I think they really showed a lot of vulnerability. And I have to tell you, I was completely shocked by that. I love Georgia going into that game, but they definitely got outplayed and they got, they got beat every, every which way they got beat. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michigan has just played better and better and better over the last, you know, probably six weeks of the season, something like that. And uh, yeah, I think that they could uh, they could definitely beat Georgia again if they come with their A game and Georgia plays like they did last uh, the other day. Yeah, my uh, Michigan could definitely beat them. Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook director, with us. Uh, Chris, a lot of we were talking off the air. A lot of really good matchups in the bowl season. I love the bowl season. I'm curious how you view it as a bookmaker because a lot of people will say, "Well, there's too many bowl games. Forty bowl games, or however many, is too many." But I think as a bookmaker, you want games up on the board. You want as much action as possible. So would you say there's not too many bowl games? As a bookmaker, no. Hell no, there's not too many bowl games. <laughs> have as many as you want. I love the bowl games as a bookmaker. Now, it's like if I was just a college football purist, which I'm not, I would say, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, some of these teams are like, you know, six and six and in a bowl game. I mean, that seems... I don't know, but but you know, you know, Matt, what the hell? Why not? I mean, these kids want to play, the schools want to play, and uh, you know, some of them are kind of a cash grab for the for the bowls themselves. And I, I don't that that part of it I don't like because I think a lot of these guys, you know, especially in some of the big bowl games, they've given themselves you know like six hundred thousand dollar a year jobs to have one game a year, and their assistant makes four hundred thousand, and the other one makes three hundred thousand, and yeah, they kind of rake the schools over the coals, and they have some phony charity that they really don't give that much to. And if we want to go into the purity of it, yeah, I don't like that. But uh, but otherwise, again, strictly as a bookmaker and not as a purist, yeah, I love the bowls. I, I love the history of storied bowls like the Tony the Tiger Bowl, which we're going to be watching later in bowls. Yeah, it's going to be great, right? There's something called the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Yeah, now, of course. <laughs> I don't know what's going Get on. Get out of here. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what's going First on. First year, yep. Some of these bowl games, but uh, I love the bowl season too, Chris. Let's a uh, quick recap: College uh, Conference Championship Saturday. How do you how how the results turn out for the book with uh, Georgia going down to Bama and uh, all the games we saw yesterday? Before we uh, recap the NFL today, 
Uh, we we had a hell of a day Saturday. It was terrific. And even some of the games, you know, was, I, I talked to Michael Vaughn a couple times through the day, checking our figures. And, boy, I thought we lost that game. I said, you know, Michael, we did lose the game, but we had so much action both ways. You know, it would have been a little better if Georgia would have won. But, you know, I mean, Miami win it was – or Alabama win it was just fine. You know, so it's just one of those things where we, we really wrote a ton of business yesterday. I was very happy with that. And, um, you know, we didn't win every game by any means. But, uh, like I said, when you have that much action and, you know, kind of split the action, you know, fairly equally and the results were pretty much even. Uh, yeah, we had a really good day. Very happy with it. Yeah, the uh, Alabama win was very good for me. The uh, Iowa blowout yeah. loss oh, was not. No. Uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes did yeah. not show up in the Big Ten championship. Game. No, they didn't. I got to turn that off early, though, so that was great. <laughs> uh, Chris Andrews with us. All right, Chris, uh, today National Football League, uh, how was it for you guys? It seemed like, from my perspective, kind of like a milk toast day, like nothing really surprising other than the Detroit Lions winning outright. Didn't seem like a, a great day overall. Uh, we had a bad day. You know, it wasn't terrible, JVT, but we lost for the day. But, like, you know, we were talking off the air. We lost. But, I mean, it was, you know, five figures. So, I mean, not not any kind of a big loss. But it is a negative for the day. Uh, you know, we had a couple games that we won and a couple games that we didn't. Uh, you know, the Miami game, we were kind of joking about that. We had Mike Glenn on for our money. Uh, and he didn't show he didn't couldn't get the, the Giants on the scoreboard too many times. So, we lost that one. Uh, we wound up needing the Jets. They didn't look very good. Uh, we needed Houston. They completely didn't show up. Yeah, but we won a couple of the other ones along the way. So, But all in all, not a very good day for the books. How about that Washington Raiders game? Seemed like there was sharper money on Washington. Is that the way it played out at your book with the uh, Washington football team taking down the Raiders 17-15? to 15? You know, Matt, early in the week we had a lot of Washington money, but later in the week, and I, I'm looking here and I could see the closing numbers, I think I'm the only one that closed at two and a half. They came in late and flooded me on the Raiders. And I'm not sure what that was. I mean, it was a lot of public money, no real wise guy money, but man, there was a lot of money on the Raiders. So we wound up going into that game needing Washington. So that was one of the good results for us. Um, You know, probably some other guys in town needed the exact opposite, but you know, I have to worry about our business, and we wound up at two and a half when I saw this game as low as one when I moved it. But nobody came in and, and really put anything serious on Washington at that, and that's kind of a little bit of a dead number. But uh, nobody bid on it at all. Chris Andrews at Andrews Sports up on Twitter. Chris, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time tonight. Always a pleasure, guys. You guys take it easy. I'm sure I'll see you this week. Yep, you will. You will. We'll be at the South Point tomorrow afternoon. Hey, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Monday two. Big game Monday night. We're looking ahead uh, here on opening lines to week 14, but we've got one more game in week 13, and, man, it's going to be a good one. I think uh, it's got the potential to be the best Monday night football game of the year. Mm, It's got the potential, but only if one team wins in cover. Right. That's right. That's the only thing we care about. All right. Uh, Like you said, there's plenty left to get to both this weekend, next week in the National Football League, and in college football as bowl season is upon us. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Zavantobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, folks, remember, we have our prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get the current odds as well as movement each week to follow the trends, find the best value, track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker betting splits, key trends, matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. So, also go to vcin.com slash JVT. You're yes. going to have your NBA write-ups early in the morning. How was the weekend betting the association? Uh, it was funny. You know, Saturday was solid. Uh, today, I didn't. Uh, usually Sundays, I take a step back because it's an NFL day, yeah. so I didn't bet anything today. But Saturday, I got back on the groove after Friday night. Friday night was solid into Saturday, and hopefully keep it going. Stop the bleeding a little bit. You know what I mean? Hasn't been great over the last couple of days. 500 is not your friend in betting. All right, with that, let's get to so college football playoff. We, we yes, we all care about Alabama, Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, Georgia. We're not going to see them for like a month. So, no, and the thing is, there's a lot more to the bowl season than the playoff games. Right. And when you're talking about. Uh, you know, with a bookmaker like Chris Andrews or sports bettors like ourselves, uh, all these games, some of these uh, lesser bowls can mean more than a playoff game. My best bet in the bowl season is probably not going to be one of the playoff games. Right. In fact, I know it's not going to be one of the playoff. <laughs> it's going to be one of these other bowls, and I'm going to write about it this week uh, for the New York Post and Point Spread Weekly, some of the best matchups outside of the playoffs. And you and I were talking about some with Chris Andrews off the air. Yep. So I think uh, let's start with a, a couple of these other big ones. We can work our way down the rotation and all of it. But it, it, what's really interesting, I think, is some of these New Year's Six Bowls. And one of the ones that stuck out to both of us that we were talking about off the air. So the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Michigan State versus Pitt. 
This is going to be pretty interesting because from a matchup perspective, uh, one team has quite the edge, mm-hmm. and that would be Pitt. Uh, with Kenny Pickett in this passing attack, you would think that this is going to be one that really, really favors Pitt. Right now, 22nd in EPA per play offensively with the pass, right? Taking on a Michigan State team that right now is 103rd against the pass defensively in terms of EPA. So, like, and that's just one statistical category, but it just goes to show you, and it's something that you have harped on here with Michigan State, the secondary has not been good. This passing defense has not been good. Mm-hmm. This pass defense has not been good. We see right now, it looks like, what, DraftKings up to four. I would expect that the three-and-a-halves across the board probably disappear in favor of Pitt. It seems like it's a really good matchup for them on a neutral. Yeah, I like Pitt in this matchup. And uh, a lot of the reasons you just talked about. Kenny Pickett should be able to light up the Spartans secondary. Michigan State's defense was at one point ranked 130th of 130 against the pass. Mm-hmm. And Purdue and Ohio State lit up the Spartans. Embarrassed that def- embarrassed Mel Tucker's defense. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett should be able to uh, put on quite a show here against Michigan State. So, Inside, by the way, too, right? Uh, yeah. A yeah. quick track. I think uh, Pittsburgh's got to like this matchup against Michigan State. Yep. So we'll see if that – I would assume that that is, starts to move toward Pitt. Again, three and a half with a total of 62 and a half right now. But as you see, one spot, at least at DraftKings, mm-hmm. uh, that one's up to four. So out of those, so then we have the Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, taking on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. I mean, I don't even know what – uh, from a coaching perspective and game plan and decision-making strategy that was from Gundy over the weekend, uh, but it didn't go well. Now Notre Dame, one and a half with a total of 45 and a half. And this is the interesting part about bowl season, because you know me. I'm cold and calculated. It's, it's matchups and numbers and statistics. But bowl season is about handicapping like the situational spot, the psycho, like the psychology of a team. For example, Notre Dame taking on Okie State, a disappointing end of the season for Oklahoma State, and a Notre Dame team that is breaking in a new era under a new head coach in a pretty big spot. Yeah, the bowl season is a lot more about situational handicapping. Yeah. And uh, when you look at the Irish with uh, Marcus Freeman taking over as the new coach, I think uh, those Notre Dame players are going to be ready to run through a wall for that guy in his first game in the Fiesta Bowl. Mike Gundy, you said it. What the hell was he doing yesterday in the Big 12 championship game? Some odd decisions. I've never been a huge Mike Gundy fan. He's got a 3-14 and record against Oklahoma. You'd think you've uh, got to put up a better ri- record against your rival to keep your job. But, you know, he, he won a lot of games, won double-digit games this year, and Oklahoma State's always been um, toward, uh, I would say, a top-tier team in the Big 12, and he's highly regarded. I, I'm just not that high on Mike Gundy as most people. I think Marcus Freeman, in his first game as head coach of the Irish, uh, I think the intangibles, the situational edges point to Notre Dame. And right now, uh, we're seeing Notre Dame as a, what, one-and-a-half, two-point favorite? Yep, yep. That's what I got across the screen here. Do you, it is, is it a similar situation for Ohio State and Utah, right? So this is a Rose Bowl. Ohio State loses to Michigan. Again, similar situation where last week of the regular season, your playoff hopes get dashed, mm-hmm. right? You have national championship aspirations. That goes all out the window because you lose it a big way to Michigan. Then now you got to play in, in the Rose Bowl. I guess the Rose Bowl is important, but you're playing in the Rose Bowl against a Utah team yeah. that is uh, like playing really good football at this point. Destroys Oregon two times, gets a Pac-12 title, and now gets to play for the Roses themselves. Fascinating matchup. Uh, Kyle Whittingham's one of my favorite coaches, and he, he has talked openly about how it's been a career goal of his to coach in the Rose Bowl and win the Rose Bowl. Yep. This Utah team's going to be fired up. They just embarrassed Oregon twice in the span of three weeks to get to Pasadena. I think uh, Kyle Whittingham's going to uh, – th- th- hey, there have been rumors that this might be his last game as coach. Yeah. That if he wins this Rose Bowl, he might retire. I don't know if uh, you know that rumor has circulated here in the past week, but I think this is going to be the type of game where Utah – every trick you've got up your sleeve, you're going to yep. use it. Uh, you're going to throw the kitchen sink at them, all those cliches. And uh, 
I kind of like Utah as an underdog in this spot against an Ohio State team that's got to be a little bit depressed. You're watching Michigan roll to the college football playoff after you got your butt kicked uh, in Ann Arbor a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I would assume, too, so the screen up right now is showing seven at DraftKings, but that's with some ultra juice toward uh, the underdog there. If you want to take the seven, you're laying a buck fifteen. Six and a half are everywhere else. I would assume if you can get your hands on a seven, that's going to be pretty fleeting because I would not expect that to be out there pretty Yeah, it's hard to say because, you know, Ohio State does get a lot of betting support. Yeah. Public, uh, betting public loves the Buckeyes. So I, I think there are going to be, you know, also we're talking about a month, almost a month until this game is played on January 1st. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have plenty of opportunities to grab a, a seven with Utah. Any read on uh, Baylor and uh, Ole Miss Sugar Bowl? Uh, Ole Miss right now two with a total of 51. Uh, Baylor, I mean, you don't want to assume, but Baylor getting their mountaintop right with the Big 12 title against Oklahoma State uh, and now playing in a Sugar Bowl in New Orleans against Ole Miss. Well, you got contrasting styles here. Dave yeah. Aranda of Baylor is a great defensive coach, and Lane Kiffin, one of the best play callers in college football. Uh, you wonder a little bit about Lane Kiffin in, um, in this game. He's... He's got to be a little bit discouraged. He lobbied, for those who don't know, credible sources say that Lane Kiffin lobbied hard behind the scenes. He wanted the LSU job badly. Yeah. He wanted the Florida job. He didn't get it. He got shut out. Guess what? He just signed a, a contract extension with Ole Miss. He didn't want to stay there. Right. He wanted out. Uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see. It goes one of two ways, right? It's like, this is what you're missing. And he goes yeah, out and pretty yeah. calls a genius game, or it's like, let's get out of here. I want to go on vacation. Hey, just wonder. Uh, you know Baylor's going to be fired up yeah. in this game. I, I kind of wonder about Ole Miss. And uh, Baylor's not the type of opponent, I think, that's going to get Ole Miss's attention. So maybe the uh, the situational edges point to the Baylor Bears there. But uh, I don't want I don't want to commit to a side in that game. And I'll say this, too, about betting bowl games and handicapping the bowl season. It's a little bit trickier now because – you're going to have more players opting to sit out yep. for the NFL draft, which I don't blame any player who wants to sit out of the bowl season and prepare for the draft. That's a business decision and a smart one. You've also got the COVID factor yep. you got to think about. There could be all sorts of uh, players missing time or missing a bowl game because of COVID, uh, because of injuries or suspensions that are going to pop up. Uh, we've got some coaching changes. Uh, just a, a lot of wild cards to deal with where I think you got to be a little bit careful on committing to a big bet in some of these bowl games because you just don't know what bad news is going to be around the corner. Mm-hmm. So, out of all, so those are the New Year Six. We know about the college football semifinals. Uh, any of the other bowl games that have stuck out to you, top of the list? Those yeah, I think Oregon-Oklahoma yeah. is uh, a really good one, too, because Bob Stoops is going to come back and coach the Sooners. And you got to think that uh, Stoops is not coming back to lose. He wants, he wants to uh, win this game in the worst way and get the Oklahoma program turned in the right direction after all the negative things that have happened with Lincoln Riley going to USC. And uh, you and I were talking about Mario Cristobal as he headed to Miami. Uh, I don't think much of uh, Cristobal as a head coach. And um, for some reason, he's always a hot name every time something opens. Well, he's a good recruiter. Uh, You know, there are a lot of guys you could put in the Oregon head coaching job who could be great recruiters. That's an easy place to recruit to. He is a terrible game manager. Nice. He's a poor game day head coach. Uh, you wonder if Cristobal is going to stick around, if he's going to be on the sideline. Is he going to be coaching Miami? Is he going uh, to be on the sideline with Oregon? You think this Oregon team, after getting blown out twice right. by Utah, same opponent. is probably not going to care much about this game. I think Oklahoma is going to be the motivated side. I'm with you. I, like, I... I don't know if I'm in um, if I'm in Miami right now. Am I really like, yeah, we got our guy? Like th- those two show those two performances against Utah are troubling. The fact that you couldn't figure oh, out a single right. thing 
about Utah the second time around, he, getting blown out well, again. Well, he showed up at the Pac-12 championship game, and his team did not want to play. Right. They didn't want to be there. You, you can almost say they were unprepared, and uh, Mario Cristobal did not good, do a good job getting his team to Vegas and uh, ready to play that game. And you got to wonder if he was, uh, yep. you know, I guess distracted uh, by talk about him taking another job. But, man, I, there are a lot of matchups I like oh, in the bowl season. You and I were talking about this, uh, the Frisco Bowl, right? UTSA, San Diego State. The Aztecs to get exposed in a really Finally. good way Finally. in the Mountain West title game. And now you got to go to Frisco where UTSA, fresh off a 12-1 and season, right, in the title are ready to go. And a big win over Western Kentucky. Yeah. I, I think Texas-San Antonio has got to be one of the plays. Yep. Uh, going to be one of the uh, the plays I'm going to focus on early in the bowl season, UTSA over San Diego State, which got embarrassed yesterday in the Mountain West Championship game. The opening lines, let's get back to the National Football League on the other side. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.